Central here at Rogers Arena. It's Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw, and this hour is a presentation. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited. Your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. And joining us uh, live in the broadcast gondola, it's Dan Murphy. What's happening, Murph? Not a whole bunch, just, you know, grinding away before we find out who Vancouver's playoff opponent is. <laughs> uh, would it not be the Colorado Avalanche? I guess we know that, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. Spencer Martin against his ex-team. You That's know, right. It would be a perfect uh, perfect storyline. Storyline's going into it already. <laughs> I love uh, somebody texted, texted in earlier. I think it was Anton in Vancouver. I said, could you imagine if uh, Spencer Martin comes in, wins three games, takes the Canucks to the playoffs, and the Canucks trade Demko in the offseason because Martin's the guy? <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, that's about as likely as the Canucks getting in. Exactly. Yeah, there's too much that has to happen. But, I mean, thank goodness we can still talk about <laughs> it's not totally meaningless. No, it's not. I mean, not. they have to win, right? Yep. That's the that's the thing. Now they might know by the third period if Dallas is taking care of Vegas. But um, we go into it saying there's still... It's, you know, it's so, a must-win game. Yeah. It's a Merce Jim Carrey moment. <laughs> I know. I mean, and the funny thing is just getting to game 80 yeah. without being eliminated. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> we talk a lot about this, and we'll, we'll peel back the curtain a bit. It's not fun doing date, a death march no. for 82 games. It's oh, just we thought not. they were there in December. It, we, we, we really did. So it was like, you know, are they going to make the playoffs? Probably not. But can they get us to game 76 yeah. before yeah. being eliminated? They got to game 80 before being eliminated. Yeah. So, Well, they won those... Uh, what, eight of nine under Boudreaux when he first came in. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, they're back at 500. So, like, you're square one yeah. <laughs> here in, in January. It's like, it was incredible that that happened. Yeah, well, I often say, like, people say, well, you like the team to win half the games and lose them, and then you have some positive coverage, some negative. It's a good split. And, you know, I, there's some truth to that. But covering a team on a daily basis, like, I'm long past the point of caring about wins and losses. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it does. I, you kind of cheer for people. But there's no question covering a winning team is a lot more fun than covering a losing team. Yeah. There's no question about it. People are happier. There's more access. The interviews are better. Yeah. People are in a better mood. <laughs> you know, it's just it, it's just it's more fun if that's happening. And, and there's, you know, there's something to play for beyond the regular season. Um, so and, and it's been a while since it's been like that here. Yeah. Right. So um, first 10 years of the job, it was great. I think they missed the playoffs twice. That I that I worked in the last ten. I mean, yep. it's almost the exact opposite. What was your first year again? On oh one oh two. That was the, uh, That was the Detroit series. Yes. Yeah, so, so you you Up came in. O. So you came in just. And I remember it was around that time. I wasn't yeah. sure if you were there because like they missed the playoffs four years in a row. Yeah. And then you came in, and then it was a great run. They after made that. the playoffs the year prior. They lost, They got swept by Colorado. Right. The year before and, that, they yeah, did. Yeah. And then then the next season. But preceding that, they had missed the playoffs four years out of five. I mean, this current stretch the Canucks are in, they're going to miss the playoffs six out of seven, out of seven years. Yeah. This is the worst stretch the Canucks have ever had in their history. Yeah. Tell me about it. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's not great. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can still have fun. Yeah. We've always tried to do that on the on – the, you know, the broadcast sometimes when the team's not playing well, it's more entertainment and a little less information. When the team's playing well, it's more information, a little less entertainment yeah. <laughs> as broadcasters, right? Because yeah. you don't need to do as much. So know? Spencer Martin's the story tonight. Yeah, and good for him. Like, I mean, I, I obviously I think they're banking on him being the guy next year, right? He signed that two-year contract. Um, they need to go cheap next season, right? Because hope yeah. hope he's on the books, and then the the bonus of Halak is on the books. So they they kept the Luongo recapture alive. As yes, I like to basically, say. <laughs> yeah. They just did it in a different way. Um, so I mean, I, 
I don't know if this is an audition, if we call it that. I guess it kind of is. But I think they're they're banking that this will be the guy that will be the back of the Demko. And, and quite frankly, when you see how things have transpired here the last you know, few weeks, I mean, it's important they have someone that can play that role. And, you know, Halak, it's unfortunate here that when Demko needed the rest down the stretch, he got pulled twice in, a, in the first period. Yeah. No time off. And then he got hurt in a first period. So, I mean, that's kind of stings. You can't have that happen on those nights where you need your goaltender to be fresh. And I think any of us who watched the games recently would have said Demko either looks tired, hurt, or sick. Yeah. Or all three. And clearly something has been bothering him. And that's why I think Bruce was so ticked off after that game that Halak got pulled with Mm -hmm. the injury, saying, guys, this is an illness. I wasn't starting Halak just because Thatcher's ill. We made the emergency recall. We weren't sure if he was going to be okay to back up. He is. So clearly something's been bothering him since before that Senators game. Yeah, it absolutely has. And the interesting thing, too, is the bar is slightly higher right now as far as depth positions across the team goes. Like, for instance, if somebody wants to beat out win a spot on the third pair next year, you got to beat out a Cal Burroughs. Mm-hmm. you got to beat out, you know, a guy like Travis Dermott. In your bottom six, you got to beat out a U-Hold Lamical. you got to beat out a Matthew Highmore. And even a Spencer Martin, I'm not sure he's the only veteran backup they'll have next year. I, I wouldn't be surprised to bring another guy in, maybe a reclamation project, maybe a guy a bit older who's struggled a bit, or perhaps another Spencer Martin type. Because yeah. I, I don't think they're they're going to go into next year saying, well, we know for sure no. these are our goals. No, that, that, that's their hope. Yeah. Right? I think that's their hope. But, I mean, you have to, knowing what happened this season, Spencer mm-hmm. Martin was number five on the depth chart. And now he's going to be probably number two next season. Yeah. So you have to have backup plans. Uh, Dan Murphy joining us here on Canuck Central. Uh, Sat likes to chirp me because I've been uh, pumping Connor Garland's tires so much lately. <laughs> <laughs> Little guys got to stick together, yeah. as I like to yeah, say. Yeah. Um, but h- how do you assess his season? Because, like, there's he's right there with Miller in terms of five-on-five production. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did have that 19-game goalless drought and felt like when he was going through that, everybody just kind of quit on him, or at least the fan base almost quit on him. I mean, it, clearly it was, it, the season was a little bit inconsistent. Hot start, really hot finish, right? Yeah. Uh, some lean parts in the middle. Um, you know, I, I said this, I don't know on what show the other day, but I don't think his season has been nearly as bad as he'd like to tell you. Yes. Like, he's so overtly critical on himself. And I think there's some honesty there. I think there's... Uh, a guy that really wants to be better, that wants to prove that he's worth the contract that he just got, so he thinks he should be performing at a better level than he did in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And he's also honest to the fact that perhaps coming to a new city, new environment, new team, was a little more difficult than he thought it might be. So I, I think his season has been better than, for sure he gives credit to, but that the fan base does as well. I, I think there's something there. Um, now, if he doesn't fit the mold of the type of the player that this management group wants, we don't know about that. But I, I certainly would have no problem rolling into next season with him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't either. It does come down to just what management says. Mm-hmm. It, it does seem like Boudreaux is liking him more and more. Mm-hmm. But Boudreaux can never give Connor Garland a compliment <laughs> without mentioning his stature. Yeah, it's like he, it, nobody's like it's, it's without fail. It's like great game. For a little guy, yeah. he's a really good player. <laughs> He'd be great if he was six two. For a small guy, he's really effective. It's constantly like, yeah, but but yeah. for a small guy, yeah. But you see now too when he's been playing with better players, and he mentioned yeah. this today, he's an effective playmaker. Yeah, for a winger. Yep. Right. He's a good puck distributing mm-hmm. winger. Uh, and I think we've seen that uh, there was the feed to Pedersen in Minnesota. Yeah. 
the one that could have iced the Vegas game too, right? Mm-hmm. That was Pedersen as well in front. So um, I think there's something there, obviously. I love the way he works. Uh, he's entertaining as hell, I think. Um, I think he's got offensive upside. And I don't think, of course, when you're smaller, it's going to be like any smaller player. Sometimes you're going to lose that battle on the wall. Sometimes a guy's going to muscle you in front of the net. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah, It happens to a lot of players. Uh, so you're going to have to live with that every once in a while. But I, I don't see a, a player who's afraid of, you know, going to where the big boys live and reside on the ice. Yeah, it's um, you know, he, he finds ways to overcome his size, mm-hmm. you know. And I said this to Sat last week. I think he's the best uh, playmaker they have below the goal line. Yeah. I and mean, he's just had so many situations this year mm-hmm. where he finds the puck, spins away from a check, and then gets it out to whomever he's playing with. And I think he kind of like pointed out today, like, yeah, when I'm playing with good players, you know, I can, I can do some, some things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a, a point to, to make mention, you know, he was playing with J- Jason Dickinson for a, a stretch of the, the season. <laughs> Poor as Jason well. Dickinson catching strays. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, it's just got to be pointed out. You know? No, I mean, not even from you, just from, you know, even yeah. Garland. Because anytime you say that, yeah. there's it's like a backhanded compliment <laughs> to the guys you played with before. It's unfortunate. It's more, no, it's more like a backhand. Guys yeah, backhand. Before. Like, wait, what? What did I do? What did I do? I'm just standing here. Um, so we, we talked about uh, five-on-five scoring for this team. And, it you know, it's been a conversation all year long. But sure. 23rd in overall five-on-five scoring. 19th under Boudreaux, so still below the midway mark. And, you know, they're top five in goals against. It's yep. like the complete opposite of the team we thought we'd see. Yeah, uh, I thought we'd see much more balanced scoring. Um, I, I think that the five-on-five defense is a lot to do with the goaltender, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I think the defense has been better than I thought, and the forward group in terms of production has been worse than I thought. Well, I even mean, the fancy stats say it's it's about middle of the pack yeah, sure. defensively, yeah, right? Yeah, which is, quite frankly, better than I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah to be honest. Um, and I think in these conversations we had before the season, we, we, we basically said if this team is going to make the playoffs, it's going to have to be Demko, the power play, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. Because we thought that, you know, five on five, they probably weren't going to be great defensively, and they might be decent offensively. And yeah. not, you know, the Demko part has held up. The power play has come on, certainly, late yeah. in the season. Um, but the other two areas, just not quite good enough. No, uh, you know that for sure. And you know, it's it's really funny looking at the season because they they they'll pretty much end up where the projections were. <laughs> you know, they're kind of maybe right on the bubble of the high playoffs. eighty point yeah, team, yeah. maybe low ninety point team. They'll be on the bubble, and that's essentially where they finish off. They now just got there in a different route. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, they took the scenic route to get yeah. there. But now tonight, this is so. This was a bit of a bone of contention because. We're wondering if the color scheme fits the theme for tonight, which is country rock, yeah. country night. Now, somebody texted in and said the colors are far better suited for death metal. Would you agree with that? I mean, black, right? Yeah. I mean, black is always going to be it. Black with a like, with a, like a hotter color, like a red or an orange. Sure. I mean, it's it is more. Death, I mean, death metal is pretty much black. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're just going like heavy metal, then maybe you can throw a little color in, there, maybe a little white, <laughs> oh. right? You know, but. Uh, yeah, for sure it does. And, like, not that the Kraken colors scream country either. 
But what what is country color? So it's plaid and brown. Riccio's got it. Yeah, <laughs> plaid and brown. I guess I guess that's what works. Riccio Riccio got the note that it's country night. <laughs> got the note that it's country night. Exactly. And we should say on country night, it appears like Brandon Sutter is going to talk to us in the first intermission. Mm, very very interesting. So oh, that's good. And I don't think I'll talk to him about country night. <laughs> Probably not his future. I mean, I, I'm really interested to see what what he has to say because I know you had an update a couple months back. Yeah. When we, we were doing the panel and you spoke to Brandon. And he mentioned that he wants to continue playing, he wants to get back skating, and he wants to keep playing next season. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if that still holds tonight. I think it probably does. I just, like, I'm just i curious into like how close has he gotten mm-hmm. before he took a step back, and how many times has, has it been kind of like a concussion where you keep pushing through boundaries and then, okay, I, I can't go any further, and then you reset. So I wonder if it's been like that, and so I'm, I'm interested to see and see you know, kind of how, you know, how far he's come. Like, what was his lowest and what was his highest and where he is now? So, I mean, we certainly wish the best for the guy. Um, And I would guess this is not how he wants things to end. And if there's a way to keep training and if he's seen uh, incremental, uh, you know, improvements, then I I would guess that he'd continue to train for next season. Oh, it was a a big topic in the offseason, right? I mean, uh, just the way that he played towards Mm -hmm. the end of last season and really filling his role at the bottom of the lineup well, and he re-signs on a contract that you know, he can certainly bring value on, and uh, then this happens. So it, it really is unfortunate uh, with what happened to Brandon Sutter. So first intermission on the Sportsnet broadcast for, uh, for Brandon Sutter. How do you feel about cherry blossoms? Cherry blossoms, the candy? No, or like cherry the, blossoms in the, the trees. Yeah. Like I was telling Sat yesterday. They look great. Somebody like on the street. Um, as I was walking by, like stopped in the middle of the road with their Tesla yeah. to take a picture with the cherry blossoms like hanging over the well, Tesla. I mean, they are. I wouldn't ever set up a photo shoot <laughs> for them, but they are beautiful. I mean, when you see them all out in bloom and a street full of them, especially up by like UBC and stuff, yeah. they've got some streets that are yeah. overhanging. Um, you know, it's the first time someone's ever asked me what I thought about cherry blossoms. To be honest, I don't, I don't have an How answer for that. How are you not in Vancouver? I, 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 mean, I open the window sometimes and I say, "Man, that looks great," but I don't park my car under it. Park your car under <laughs> it and take, take photos, photo. you yeah. know, for the Instagram photos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't have people stopping on your street to take pictures with the cherry blossoms. No. I, I swear, this is a thing that only happens, I guess, downtown. This yeah. Is, now, cherry blossoms, the candy are pretty good, like the sour cherry things. Oh yeah, those are pretty. Those good. are pretty good. Yeah. Sour cherries. What's your favorite candy? See, I, I'm not a kind of I'm not a well candy is I'm not a cake guy like cupcakes okay. and yeah, cake. Yeah, yeah. Get it out. Like pies, okay, more like yeah. like key lime pie, yes, yeah. lum ring, yes. Candies, I'm more like wine gums or sours. That's, yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't like the Skittles or like the really hard stuff. Yeah. So the hard stuff. The hard stuff. I don't like the hard stuff. stuff. I don't like the hard stuff. (laughs) Not when it comes to candy. Sat's a big smart sweets guy. Everywhere, like Sat's always. He's so health conscious. Yeah, (laughs) crushing smart sweets. Well, some choices are health conscious. I'll get to the office. Sat will throw me a bag bag of smart sweets and be like, "They're on sale today. That's great. The nine bucks for the low low cost. The nine bucks you got eight smart sweets. Hey man, like. they taste good. They, they're good. Yeah. Anytime you get them on sale, you got to stock up. And a local uh, local party, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, only like what? It's like three or four grams of sugar, the whole bag. It's great. Go. Yeah. It's fantastic. Some fiber, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's time for me to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's a wrap. Uh, thanks for this, Murph. Last booth hit. Oh, right. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's been uh it's been a season. Hey, there's still it's, a chance to make the playoffs. Yes, but in, in, in the case they don't, as I like to say at this time of year, in case they don't, lose my number. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, one is for radio. Okay, since it's your final hit, we got, we got to throw another question by you. Okay. Jen says, if Boudreaux comes back for next season, does he bring back all the coaches or make changes? I think that if he gets if he comes back with an extension, I'm sure there's going to be someone he'd want to bring with him. Don't you think? I, I mean. If you're bringing I don't Boudreaux know if back, they would, I don't know if no, I don't know if management wants to pay more money and let someone go that's still under contract. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure Bruce would want to. Yeah. I, I'd love to see uh, Bradshaw come back. Yeah. With the work he's done on the PK. Yeah. What a difference. Yeah. It's made. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to see Kyle back as well too. And yeah. Jason King. These are guys that mm-hmm. you know. Done so. a good job. Yeah. Thanks, Murph. Okay, boys. All right. Uh, check out Murph on uh, the Sportsnet broadcast, of course. First intermission with. Uh, Brandon Sutter, first time speaking this year. It's uh, Dan Murphy joining us here in the Jim Robson broadcast gondola. So uh, that's an interesting thought on uh, on Boudreaux. And, um, you know, always, like, this is going to be the biggest question as soon as the season ends, is what's going on with Bruce Boudreaux. And the more we hear, the more it seems as though it's moving in a positive direction. Yeah, and, you know, this is something that I mentioned a couple weeks back. I'm like, okay, so all the talk about Boudreaux being the uncertainty about his future has kind of gone too far the other way. Because as much as a decision hasn't been made, I made it clear that the chances are still he comes back. Like, it's still yeah. more likely he comes back than he doesn't come back. But it's yeah. interesting that the organization has yet to make commit. that commit to it and make that decision. That's notable, which it was. But at no point did I really think that Boudreaux is going to not be back. But I still believe it comes down to that discussion they're going to have after the season. And a lot of it will depend, I believe, to what type of direction the Canucks are also taking as a team. What's your ETA? What are you looking at the next few years? What's your real plan with JT and Bo? And if, it, if it's a slower pace thing, maybe Boudreaux looks at it and says, okay, maybe I'd rather go somewhere else. But if it's everything we've heard, and that's maybe take a slight step back but still want to be competitive – then I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be back. And it's been such an incredible run under Boudreaux. And, hey, not done yet, but um, still three games to go. And pretty soon we'll be uh, checking in on what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars. It is a 5.30 puck drop uh, for that game. And uh, the Canucks need a win from the Vegas Golden Knights in it. A regulation win. Uh, in order to have their slimmest of slim playoff hopes stay alive. You're saying there's a chance, Dan. No, That's I'm what not. you're trying to say here. No, I'm not. That's what you're trying to tell us. <laughs> you believe, Dan, that there is a chance. Because it's the, the chances are very small. Yeah. You. I, uh, I called it over uh, after the Detroit game. but Not that I'm patting my own back. Because after the six-game win streak, I was like, ah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's like the whole this whole season's been the kombucha girl <laughs> gif. Mm, no, no, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like that's kind of what it's been all year. It's uh, Canuck Central, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. And uh, a lot of uh, thoughts coming in on the Dunbar Lumber text line. <laughs> this one, Cherry Blossoms? I thought you guys said, how do you feel about cheering losses? <laughs> uh, this one, unsigned. Take it from the guy who plants these trees in Vancouver. Nice trees for two weeks. Ugly as hell the rest of the year. Not wrong. No. It's a nice two weeks. <laughs> you'll take it for two weeks. It is great, though. Like, you'll drive around the city now, and you'll just see these pink trees overhanging the streets. It's 
Yeah. It is quite picturesque. Am I stopping for a photo op in the middle of the street? No. No, I'm not. But um, it is always uh, fun to talk about this time of year. Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw. You know, I know um, today Bruce Boudreau mentioned that uh, Tanner Pearson is unlikely to return for the remainder of the season. He'll have another X-ray on Thursday. Uh, going back to my... Uh, Heavily criticized season-ending awards for the Canucks. I had Tanner Pearson as the unsung hero. And <laughs> as uh, Joey Kenwer was not amused. <laughs> Who's filling in for... Uh, I'll give you my choice later. Oh, all right. Okay. Your reaction will probably what mine just was. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Tanner Pearson had a great season. I know people don't like that... Uh, uh, I, I'm such a big fan of Connor Garland and Tanner Pearson, but look, Tanner Pearson. It, the most surprising part about that is that ta- Tanner Pearson is not under si- six feet. <laughs> he's about there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not. He's like, <laughs> what? What? I, what the like point? Dan tells himself that Tanner Pearson is smaller than he is, just so he can cheer for him a bit more. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Pearson had a really like he okay. Is he the unsung hero? Maybe that's a bit of a stretch for most. But he had an underrated season, as we've talked about a bunch. And, you know, I think what kind of got lost in listening to Garland and uh, some of the other Canucks players over the last week, you know, in this three-game losing streak that essentially, you know, has cratered and finished their chances of making the playoffs, they really started to miss some of their injured players sat, you know, Bo and Pearson and yeah. all these guys. Like, it it just really started to add up. Yeah, and it sucked. It really yeah. did. But at the same time, this is not a team that suffered through a lot of big injuries all season. No. And when they were healthy, they weren't able to make hay, especially earlier this year. When they were healthy, they were underperforming. And that's kind of the issue, and that's the other, other part about about this season. Yeah, you can't get off to a bad start, but you also can't p- miss the points when you're healthy. Yeah, because it's so hard to be healthy throughout an 82 game season. You are going to have times when these things happen. So when you are at full strength or close to it, you have to take advantage of it, and that's something this team wasn't able to do. Even over that seven game homestand we're talking about, they were healthy. They were, they were healthy for the seven game homestand, and even you know early in the season, like uh, they didn't really suffer any significant injuries. You know, as we've talked about, when Brandon Sutter, you know, he's going to be on the broadcast today with Murph. You know, they just. They had a ton invested in one right-handed center to play in their bottom six. That was such a big part of their PK. Well, and that was a massive part of it. And just overall with how this team kind of played at times, they had the COVID outbreak that happened. But every team went through some degree of that this season. Mm-hmm. And it was onerous. Vancouver had a really bad stretch for it. But they they also overcame. They did a good job of overcoming a lot of that. Despite the fact that their goalies route, remember Spencer Martin came in and gave a, you know had a couple of really good performances helping the team out, so they were able to piece it together through some of that COVID stuff, and that's something that you know was unlucky. What are you going to do about it? But overall, you really can say that injuries cost the season. Some real inopportune injuries at the wrong time, but had they had they had injuries earlier this year and been in this spot, we could have sat here and said, you know what, injuries, that's the main reason why. They had injuries the first 25 games of the season. They struggled because of it. Injuries late, that's what cost them the season. But you you cannot blame injuries this year, not at all. It's uh, Canucks Central. We are uh, back 
after this. We'll get more into the Canucks and Seattle Kraken as uh, the show continues here on Sportsnet 650.